Hello and welcome to the stew with JT Brew here on Total Apex Sports. This is NHL Around the Ice with JT and Toast. Stick with us. We've got a lot coming up here talking about the dynamic duos and Toast. A little special trip last week. We're going to check in with him and uh, talk about that. Stick with us. Thanks for joining us here on The Stew. We've got our buddy, a guest, our first guest here, Toast, on NHL Around the Ice, Aaron Tomatich. He's in our home league. Uh, wanted to bring him in here to discuss stuff. Aaron, thanks for joining us on the show, man. How you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the home league, what is it? Maybe year six, seven, I want to say? It's, it's, I think it's, you're right. It feels like we're getting close to 10, but no, great league, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. I catch the pod when I can. You guys are great. And I tell you what, though, I will tell you this. It's probably the last time you guys are going to do it. But when you guys are on and you kind of you, you talk strategy, don't think I'm not listening because I'll, <laughs> I'll hear you. Or, hey, let's talk about this trade or that trade. It's typically a league we're in. So I'm all for it. Just go ahead and, and you know, keep the uh, keep the transparency going because I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely a, a longtime listener. So thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, Aaron, uh, JT, before we start, I want to ask you, um, um, before we get started, you mentioned league. Do you still play in that, that beer league? That, that, oh, that yeah. hot, I mean, so tell us a little bit about that. You still play some hockey, and uh, yeah. I can imagine doing I'd kill myself. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to the point. Now, I'm 47, so yeah, we play in a beer league, local league here in Bloomington, Illinois, so not, not too far from just down the road from you guys, but uh, – yeah, we've got um, – it's it's a great program. A lot of a lot of places with rinks will have some kind of like kind of learn-to-play program or maybe it's adult league and you have various uh, levels of skill. So um, uh, 10 years ago and, and probably 50 pounds ago, I, w- I was playing like they typically <laughs> will tear them. Uh, I was kind of playing that mid-level. You know, some guys had some experience or maybe played in high school or something like that and, and uh, could kind of keep up but but now, no, straight C-leaguer, straight what they call a bender, uh, bender league where, you know, it's, it's a little bit little bit older guys. And, and, I mean, we got some guys that are, you know, 60s. Uh, I would say it's probably our oldest guy, some guys that play in net. But uh, it is a great community, uh, great fun. You and, and then you got some guys that can skate too. They kind of, you know, tone it down. There's no hitting. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We usually try to try to skate a couple of times. Uh, during the week, we have a morning league uh, that we play in. And then if you want to kind of kick it up a notch, this is what, a little bit more formal where they actually have referee games. Those happen on Sundays. And again, that's where you're going to get your different tiers. But um, great group of guys. Like I said, the talent levels all over the place here in Bloomington. I'd say Peoria is a little higher talent. Uh, we've got some good, real good skaters, got some real good teams there. But with the, uh, I'm hoping we just got the ECHL team here in Bloomington. I'm hoping with that that we get some more guys or again, the closer you get to Chicago, the higher, the, you know, the further you go North, the better the leagues are, but here in central Illinois, it's, it's an absolute, it's a bender league. And I'm, I'm bender number one. I just kind of net front, front presence, no back check, 
hey, you know, <laughs> C-League skater with an A-League shot. How about that? But, yeah, no, it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, it definitely keeps me active. Now, hey, that, that's great to hear. And, JT, do you think maybe we could make a trip to Bloomington instead of playing? Uh, we could actually be our own version of the Danbury Trashers fans and actually be in Section 118. You know, so uh, just me and JT be it. Section 118. Well, we, we definitely got to do that. I, I yeah. absolutely – I actually was hurt. I heard about the new minor league team going over there. I was like uh, – my girlfriend already said so. She's like, we got to take the kids to a game. I'm like, absolutely we do. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. nothing's better than ho- uh, live hockey. I tell people all the time that I've never been to a, a live hockey game, whether it's, you know, minor leagues, college, pros – Hockey is so great live. You just can't fully get the atmosphere of hockey games until you're there seeing it in person. I watch it on TV, but it's just not the same on TV as it is in person. Toast, we're going to jump into this, talking about watching games in person. Big matchup last week. I was super disappointed I did not get to go. Red Wings at the Blackhawks, you know, used to be in the same division. So you had a lot of matchups throughout the year. Now, you know, the Red Wings moving to the East one and one, one home, one away. That's it. You get one chance to see uh, the Red Wings and Blackhawks go at it in Chicago. You got to go up there uh, on Sunday for the game. Fantastic game. Patrick Kane back in town. First time since going to the Red Wings. Also, Chris Chelios. Got his number retired. Just a slew of things went out today. We'll talk about this before we even get into the game. Kind of give us a little breakdown, Toast, uh, of the trip to Chicago for the Red Wings uh, Blackhawks last week. It was a um, – it was. It, it would be sad to say that – and JT, you may find this sad. Aaron, you may too, that I don't go to a lot of live sporting events. Uh, JT, I've been to a couple with you, um, but I just don't do that a lot. And I definitely don't go to historical or monumental games. I'm usually the type that want to sit in front of the television and not want to miss it, have a drink next to me um, where I'm not inconvenienced. Uh, so just keep that in mind when I say that for me, um, this was the single greatest sports event that I'd ever been to in my life. Um, and you're like, wow, that's kind of sad, you know, but let me kind of tell you guys a little bit about this trip in general. Um, first, uh, we got up there, I went with a, a friend and we got up there, we bought these tickets. Oh, months ago before the season even started. So mind you, we didn't even know Patrick Kane was going to sign with the wings when we bought these tickets. <laughs> so when, when we actually, uh, found out that not only is it going to be the Jersey retirement night. But also Kane's tribute ceremony and actually first trip back to Chicago in a Wings uniform. I mean, these tickets were hard to come by. I mean, so we had a chance to actually sell them and actually make quite a bit of money on them. Like, no, that's not going to happen. We're actually going. Um, Gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll keep this brief here on our trip up. But all I want to do is I first want to put a plug out to a pizza joint um, that is probably about three or four blocks away from the United Center. It's called Bacinis and, or I'm sorry, Bacinos. And that's with a B as in boy. I had a stuffed spinach and um, mushroom pizza. No doubt, not exaggerating, the best pizza I have ever had in my life. Um, wow. Uh, and the best stuffed pizza for sure, but the best pizza I had ever had. Hell, we actually ordered that pizza. 
we stood in the parking lot about three blocks away from United Center. We ate it right in a parking lot. I mean, I mean, <laughs> we're ready for the game. We didn't care. We got there pretty early. Um, the game was at five. We got there around one thirty. And the first thing we did is we went to the atrium at the United Center, and uh, we caught a Q and A session. Uh, Pat Foley uh, was actually leading the Q and A session with uh, Jeremy Roenick, uh, Ed Belfour. I mean, I love Eddie Eagle. <sighs> he was uh, Brian Noonan, uh, Tony Amani. Um, and, uh, Suter was actually there as well. Um, and those guys is telling stories about Chelios and, uh, really there was a couple, there was a couple like Jr. actually went out of his, uh, Ronick actually went out of his way to say that he's the greatest captain in the history of the Blackhawks, which that's debatable, right? But he may be, but with Taves, uh, who was absent from all of this, we'll maybe get to that here in a bit. Um, Saying that he was the best captain in, in, in the, the Chicago Blackhawks history, but boy, when you actually watch that hype video of Chelios and the, the type of beating he actually gave out to other players and how good he was as well, it's hard to think that he may have not actually been the best captain um, in, in Chicago Blackhawks history. Um, so the Q&A session was awesome. Just being able to actually see those guys up real, really in close and personal. I was probably 10 feet from them. Um, and uh, just to hear them tell, tell about old stories. It was awesome. I don't know if you guys happen to, to, to catch that on TV by chance, like in the pregame. I didn't get to see it at all. I, uh, you know, I, I got ready for the game. I was doing some stuff throughout the day. I was like, oh, got to get home, got to get on the couch, got to get ready for the game. So I, I, I miss a lot of the pre stuff. I saw stuff after the game uh, when they showed a lot of that stuff. But I, I watched the game, but I, I, I caught a lot of the highlights of things later when people went back and showed videos. Well, how about you, Aaron? I caught the whole thing, caught the whole thing. I knew it was going. And I remember toast, you were talking about this game or, Oh gosh, you know, luck, luck strikes. You know, I, I got these tickets, had no idea this was going to be the Chelios game. And I mean, all those guys, you just rattled off that were in that Q and a session. Now, none of that was on the, on the broadcast, of okay. course, but um, you know, they had a couple of things, a couple of promo videos, those types of things. But yeah, I caught it all from beginning in. But everybody you just w- uh, talked or rattled off or got to see in person, those were all guys I, I grew up. You know, just that's my core team right there. That's the, you know, the 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 team that in was at ninety one, ninety two that got right. you know swept by the Penguins. Uh, Jr. Favorite player of all time. It's like God, all these guys are there. And they kept bringing somebody out, and that's when I I knew you were there, but I couldn't remember. And then I and then it kind of then I had started putting it together. That's when I started texting you, like, "Dude, Gretzky's there. You know, Mess is there. You got yeah, and and you're there. What <laughs> what what a great game. What a great time. I mean, yeah, outside of maybe the outdoor game, um, I would argue to say this might have been the biggest NHL game this year." Um, I know I'm a total homer with, with, you know, Chelios, but the dude, he just, he has celebrity friends. He brought them all out. He didn't want to go out on the ice. You know, he drove in on that Cadillac. He, oh, uh, that was awesome. I, that was awesome. I mean, what a great entrance yeah, in the yeah, caddy. I've never that was seen so sweet. Like that. I've never seen anything like this. And I know we caught some, you know, caught some, and I don't know why, because he was a deadline trade when he went to Detroit, but. He he came back a couple of times for for some some stuff in Chicago. It didn't go over as well. I think. You, but again, you you kind of touched on too, JT. You know that that kind of Detroit Chicago hatred is kind of kind of you know gone away now that the, they split the division. And that you know you can argue either way. But 
Uh, I love the reception he got. He's a great guy. And, and again, I know he has, has gone public with some of that too, that hey, it bothers me, but I get booed in my own hometown. So I, I couldn't imagine it gone any better. The telecast probably just captures a 10th of what you experienced. I'm just so happy for you. You were there. You got to see it. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. Um, and really, one thing I'll remember, um, and besides his magnificent entrance um, in, in the, yeah. uh, the caddy, yeah. and that just, here's what the deal. Everything there was black for Blackhawks, meaning I was convinced they were going to come out in the home blacks, the old retro black from the 90s. I was convinced yeah. of it. Yeah, I saw them in a tunnel and they were in their home reds. I was a little disappointed, but everything, all the emblems, um, all the decals that they actually put out for the Chelios retirement and stuff, it was all black. The entrance, he comes out again, the black caddy. He's wearing all black with a red tie. He looks like the devil himself, man. Um, and, and but but he's such a badass. And, and yeah. so they, with his attire, with his entrance, the way they actually promoted it with all the black, it was Blackhawks the whole way. And they actually really did want to capture a mood, really a, uh, a, a, a certain color to this. And man, they hit it because again, you got to think about that nineties hockey. It's hit you right in the mouth um, and, and just fights and boarding people and uh, just really hard nosed hockey. And you think, What's the best color in actually Blackhawks that actually can and it can can really uh, capture that type of you know feeling that actually had about the team back then? It's black, so everything was black, everything at all, man. So that's one thing I actually remember was just the way he was dressed and the way he actually entered there. But you actually hit it too. This was no shortage. I'll, I'll tell you, as bad as the Blackhawks are, nice. And their franchise actually does have it together. And GTA, JT, we've actually talked about it with the rebuild and everything. They're doing it the right way. And this is a this is a this is a class franchise. This is a top class franchise. I can imagine nobody does a ceremony better than them. No one. Um, I mean, like you said, Gretzky was there, Messier was there, Yeiserman was there, Eddie Vedder was there. Eddie Vedder and him are actually so unbelievably close. Eddie Vedder was in tears. Uh, hell, John McEnroe was there, guys. I mean, I mean, who wasn't there? Cindy Crawford was there. Who, damn, Cindy Crawford yeah, was Cindy Crawford, good still. who made the shot at halftime, yeah, yeah, from center ice. It was yeah. awesome. Eddie Vedder, everybody else misses. Cindy Crawford in high heel boots hammers it home right down the middle. I was like, if that is dude on the telecast, they were losing their mind. I was laughing. One of the guys, he goes, Oh, Cindy Crawford, and he goes. I had a Sidney Crawford poster in my room, not above my bed, but in my room. I was like, I'm laughing. I was like, oh, I was like, I guarantee he wasn't supposed to say that. But I was like, that was hilarious, dude. I thought it was great. Toast, like you, you sent me a picture of, I think it was Jordan statue with a black Blackhawks jersey on. Yeah. Like, they oh, might break out the box. I thought that was the only thing they missed on. I thought it was everything else was great. I think the only thing they missed on was that opportunity to break out the old yep. school, all blacks. I thought would have been freaking amazing but dude it was just a ceremony everything was great you know talk about that a little bit i mean him shouting out caner i thought that was great when he yes. shout out kane and he was like i know it feels a little funny you know in that jersey i've been there before too but you'll gotta get i was like oh man i was like that's so classic like 
you know, since he spent his whole career with the Blackhawks and then just, you know, finished up with the Red Wings. I, I thought that was awesome that he, and he called him, you know, Chelios from Chicago, homeboy, one of the best American players ever. And he calls out Kaner. The, he call, says it, just says it, the greatest American hockey player ever. I just uh, thought it was, I thought it was great. JT, that's where I'll remember from his entire speech. Um, the, the humility he showed. Um, this guy really wanted to talk about other people and the Blackhawks franchise and not really about his own personal accomplishments during the entire ceremony. And when he called out Kaner, and you said it perfect, that uh, he will go down as the greatest American-born player who ever lived, and then says, you know, I understand it's probably a little feels weird actually wearing that jersey, but don't worry, you'll be up here soon, just like me, you know. And uh, I'll remember that. I'll remember that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, um, he really nailed that speech. I'm sure he actually practiced no no different than was a Hall of Fame speech, and uh, where somebody's actually getting inducted. But also, too, I mean, he had cue cards. They were all mixed up at one point. He had to find with it. He's like, the hell with it, because we're going out after this. We're going to have a great time. Um, and, again, the stardom there. I mean, when you got the greatest who ever lived, Gretzky, in the building, and a Messier next to him there, and then all the star pair behind him, there was no shortage. People were not going to miss this. And that in itself may end up making Shelios the greatest Blackhawks captain who ever lived, just the fact that he had all those people behind him. It was, it was awesome. Um, uh, but before I get to the game itself, I'll tell you guys, uh, I'm surprised enough, and you guys will be shocked by this, I'm sure. I'm not really like a rule breaker. Um, <laughs> as much fun as I actually like to have, I get pretty nervous about bending the rules, especially like in public, where I'm going somewhere I'm not supposed to be. Um, so guy I was with, He's done this several times. He will get on Ticketmaster days in advance of the game and see which which tech which tickets have actually been bought, but then actually now we're up for resale. And he'll write down all of those seats. Um, so he had a plan to pick out a security person at the 100 level. There's like I don't know 30 of them around the building, right? You can get into the 100 level that he thought that maybe bad at their job. And uh, <laughs> so he found one that was kind of nonchalantly talking to somebody else. He goes, follow me. Beeline <laughs> right by them. And where did we go? We went right to the eighth row, center ice, right behind uh, the penalty boxes, and to these two seats that were still, not, they were still up for resale on Ticketmaster. We were able to sit in the 100 level for the entire ceremony for Chelios, the Kane tribute video, and half of the game. And those were $1,000 tickets. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so he had a plan. He actually knew what to do. Now, we got halfway through the game, and then we kind of sensed that I got on Ticketmaster and found out that somebody bought those for about $175 after the first period each, which is a hell of a deal. And I'm like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> so he took a beeline and actually got out of there, but yet pretty cool. I mean, not bad at all oh, to actually. Yeah. So not only that I've, I've been to the probably the greatest game and and spectacle of sports I've ever been to in my entire life, but I got to sit down there eight rows from the glass at center ice and actually see it in person was pretty amazing. 
Unreal. Yeah, I remember you sending me some pictures. I was like, dude, I was like, look how close Toast is. I'm like, this is insane. (laughs) I mean, I mean, that was awesome. You know, all the stuff we talked about, all the the lead up. I mean, one of the things I I I put on Twitter and I told everybody when they showed the Kane video, and then he they just wouldn't stop cheering, Mm -hmm. and the. And the Red Wings players are just like larking, pushing them back out there. Another round. Take another lap. Take another lap. Because they just kept cheering and cheering. That is how you're supposed to treat a legend in your city. You know, he comes back. He plays for your rival. He plays for another team. But he gave it you all. He brought you titles. That is how you're supposed to do a tribute. I was super proud of Chicago Blackhawk fans. I've seen other I, – I got into a big thing with people with Matthew Stafford went back to Detroit in the playoffs, and they booed him. And they said, well, hey, he's plays for the opposing team. I'm like, this guy gave you everything. You, I'm like, you cannot root for his team, but how are you booing a legend like that at home? I just was so pumped to see the Blackhawk fans do it right, cheer him on. You know, he was a little embarrassed that he kept going around, but they're like, dude, they're they, I mean, they cheered for a long time. I thought that was awesome to add to all the Chelio stuff. I was just like, man, this is this is magical. This is awesome. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And I'll tell the tell you this too. Well, uh, I didn't know if there was anything to this. I mean, I, obviously they they asked him about it after the game, but I just kind of took it like, hey, three laps for three cups. You know, the dude is. I, nice. it, it was funny, but but when I saw it and I saw that reaction, I couldn't agree more. And and uh, you know, it, it again, full full disclosure, full transparency it was it was emotional. It was like you know, he gets done doing that in the crowd, and I'm like, oh my god, you know. And if, after I got over my my jealous rage that Toast was there, not knowing how close you <laughs> were, that would have made it worse. But what did I do? I pulled up on Twitter. I pulled up the 2010 goal. Because that was yeah. a life-changing thing. Like, you know, um, and, and I remember texting you about this too, Toast. Like, other than, like, the 85 Bears, I wasn't the biggest Bulls fan. So some of the, you know, that, that incredible, you know, six-peats or two, three-peats, whatever, um, I, it didn't really hit home. I, I born and raised a hockey fan. So when they got that cup in 10, that was, like, my real first, experience to to a major championship you know sitting there watching detroit win all those cups and doing it the right way building the teams we never had that in chicago we never had a long playoff run and then when we did make it to the cup in 91 92 we got smoked we got dummied out by yager and lemieux so to have that i just went back and it was just a nostalgia day so i'm watching the game i got youtube up i'm pulling up all those highlights you know the the uh, 13 seconds, uh, you know, for the third, for whatever it was, yeah. 16 seconds, whatever yes. it was, the 15, all that, they wanted at home. It was, it was just, it turned into a whole weekend, a whole spectacle. So, uh, yeah, yeah, again, I, I know it completely sounds like a complete homer, but it, uh, and again, going back to the team, yeah, we got, you know, Bedard out there doing his thing, but we haven't had a whole lot to cheer about this year, which is fine. I totally accept the rebuild, but, it just felt like the crowd was really doing that. Like, hey, we got some, you know, we got some clapping to do. We don't, other than the, the anthem at the beginning of the game, we don't have a whole yeah. lot to cheer up this year. So they all got it out. It was awesome. 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 Yes. And, well, and, and 
Well oh, said, Aaron. Go ahead, JT. No, no, Toast. I was going to say, yeah, final thoughts on that. And then let's let's actually talk about the game because it was actually a really good game, yeah. which yeah. I was hoping it would be a good game because I was like, man, it would crush if this is a horrible game after <laughs> yeah. how awesome this has been. If it's like a 4 nothing blowout and no one like, it's just like, but it was a great freaking game. I mean, the team, the Blackhawks showed up and then, of course, you know, Toast, you were there. You saw it. Talk about, you know, Bedard. Everybody's talking about Kane Bedard, you know, passing the, the torch and first game against each other. It was, I was so pumped that Bedard got back for this game. I was hoping he'd be there for this game. And then the check and then the OT <laughs> winner. It's just, I mean, it was, it was, dude, it was for a regular season game. It really did feel like a magical game that you would never expect when you have a team that's in dead last place to have a game and a feeling like that. I mean, it was crazy. So talk about like just kind of being there in the crowd because man, the the Blackhawks grinded that whole game and they played tough the entire time with the Red Wings. They did, um, and it had a playoff atmosphere to it. Um, I heard people around me that, uh, you know, you have a lot of old money in Chicago um, down there in the 100 level, and there's a lot of people around me saying, hey, th- this is this feels like a playoff atmosphere. This is this feels like a playoff game. And you could sense that from the crowd with every pass that maybe actually skips over the uh, um, a, a stick or uh, or, uh, you know, a close call at the net and the whole crowd going, oh, you know, like every pass – Every shot, the crowd was into it all, um, and and really, the goalies kind of stole the game in the first period. Uh, the Blackhawks, uh, I will say, um, you you've heard me say it, JT, time and time again. They're playing a certain brand of hockey right now. It's actually between the blue lines um, and really playing a tight game. They want to make sure they're actually in every game, so they're keeping games low scoring. They don't mind actually play a little bit ugly. Um, but in this one here, they did that as well. They want to make sure they were going to make it to the end. And I remember telling my buddy um, before we went into the game, he's like, what do you think the score is going to be? I said, I think it's going to be 2-2 and actually going overtime in 3-2. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, obviously, I was just pulling that out of my rear. But if you think about no, it. No, you knew. You knew. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, I knew. Yeah, The Hawks. They can't score more than two goals, and especially against uh, Detroit, who I've told you, they're a playoff team, man. Uh, they're a good team. They're actually yeah. going to roll right now as well. And and I knew the Hawks would want to bring their absolute best. And I knew Kane would want to actually bring his best as well, and they did. One of the best moments in the entire game happened late in the first period, and I caught it. Not a whole lot of uh, – and also a lot of people at the game actually caught it, but I don't know if people actually on TV caught it, but – Bernard actually gave Kane not a hard check, but a decent check into the boards. And I will say, and and Aaron, I know you watch a ton of Hawks uh, uh, Hawks games. Nobody checks Kane. Nobody. Right. Nobody lays a hand on him. I mean, he's he. If somebody actually checks him, they lay up against him on the boards. Just lay against him. You know, like nobody touches him. Bernard actually gave him a pretty good nudge. Who was pretty much saying, "Hey, I appreciate you." I love the hell out of you. You're one of my heroes. I'm going to check you here just to let you know I'm here. And thanks for passing the torch on to me. And I guarantee that check by Bernard had to be premeditated just to say, I'm going to do something to actually let the crowd know that, Hey, I'm here. I'm actually going to take this. I'm going to give a, give the fans a little bit of fanfare here. I think it was awesome. It was great. 
Yes. Yeah, yes, I, I, I love the check. What, Aaron? What do you think about that? I I thought the check was great on TV. Watch on TV. They're like, oh, like they're like, yeah. oh, we got into him. And they're like, ah, the Bajar, the young guy, got into Kane. I was like, I thought it was great. Oh, I yeah. Well said. Well said. And I couldn't agree more. And yeah, they played it up on TV. They showed the replay. I went back again, pulled it up on YouTube, watched it again. But it was, and and you know, you watch the, uh, you know, everything that Kane did and. And the the kind of uh, you know the fanfare and everything that went went so right, but at the end of the day, this this is Bedard's team now. This this is his time. He's 18, mm-hmm. 18 to have yeah. the 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 mindset to do that. He handles media well. He uh, just you know he's not the biggest guy, but yeah, he put his shoulder in Patrick Kane, and not and you know a reason why. No, not everybody hits Kane. You can't catch him. He knows how to roll off the, the hits, but he's and he's coming off hip surgery. And he put him in that half wall, like, hey, let's test out that hip, buddy. By the way, this is my house now. I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. I, you know, playoff atmosphere. That's awesome. That because it really did come off on TV like that as well. You know, the telecast was great, and they played it up. And oh my god, I could just go on and on. And I can't believe yep. that you were there. Yeah. yeah, and you know what, and, and to kind of recap all of this here, and I, I could just go on and on about this game and tell you guys about my time, but, uh, you know, again, it was great on TV. It was even better in person. Um, but the OT winner, um, I'm glad it worked out that way. He gets the assist. He kind of technically gets the assist to get to, to get it to OT on a, a crazy goal that he hits off his back. I mean, that was, I mean, that was an insane goal. And then – you just felt like something was going to happen at OT. It just felt like something magical was going to happen at OT. Toast, walk us through as all of a sudden you look up and you see Tanner with the breakaway and you're like, oh, my God. Tell me what that was like because I was watching it on TV. I was like, oh, my God, here it comes. I was like, what? I, I was losing it. I saw it all the way, and here's the reason why I saw it all the way. I wasn't watching the play on the ice in o- overtime. I was watching Kane the entire time. And uh, he was hanging out by the blue line. He was just waiting for a cherry pick. He was just waiting for the goalie uh, for uh, their goal. I believe it was, it was, um, was it, it was, it wasn't Lion and goal. Um, it was um, Reimer and goal. Yeah, it was Reimer. Yep. Yeah. And to, uh, and, and to really um, give up a rebound and to kick it out to him. And that's exactly what happened. He not only had a breakaway, but he had time to sit there and actually think and do the classic Patrick Kane shootout where he would actually <laughs> approach, stand in front of the goalie, show off the best hands in hockey. He still has the greatest hands. He's one of the greatest passers that ever lived. Um, and make Mrazic. And Mrazic didn't have a chance. I mean, he did not actually have a chance at all. And then when he scores, you know, he's actually on one skate. Um, and you can see in his lips, and I did not obviously see this at the time, but actually saw it on the replay. It says it's showtime. It's showtime is what he kept saying. And um, um, that was a storybook ending for me being a Blackhawks fan to hell with actually wanting to beat Detroit and actually having one win because really, quite frankly, we're wanting to actually get the best odds for the number one pick anyway. That's how I wanted it to end because, again, Kane may be on Detroit, but Kane to me, he's a Blackhawk for life. Um, so it's almost as if your guy scored the game winner, but your team lost, but you forgot your team lost. Uh, when he scored, I guarantee you, cause I was actually there 
70 percent of the crowd went crazy because they just they didn't care because it was Kane that actually scored OT winner. Um, so I mean, that's what it felt like watching the game, Toast. Like yeah. I felt like Kane hit the game winner, and everybody cheered. It was still pumped for him, and I was like, "That's awesome." They're like, "We lost, but we technically won because we kind of want to lose, but we it's also great. lost." To our guy. Our guy won it. That I mean, it was like it was the weirdest set of circumstances, but it just worked out beautifully all around. I did I, I was so jealous you were there. I was like, man, this would have been magical to be at. Just watching it on TV was awesome, but being there had to be just unbelievable. Yeah, I feel a little guilty not having you guys there because it would have been amazing. Um, I know JT, uh, you and I actually talked about uh, going to making the outdoor game um, on the uh, New Year's Day this upcoming season, you know, versus uh, the uh, Hawks and the Blues and uh, um, having a whole lot of fun, you know, doing that and uh, really being at a place like Wrigley. That would be amazing to be able to do something like that. Um, but I tell you, that to have this retirement ceremony, to actually see all this, the stardom and the celebrities and actually the ex-players the Patrick Kane video uh, ceremony and the way the game transpired and actually have a storybook ending like that. Uh, it just doesn't get any better. I couldn't have drawn it up any better. Um, it would have been different if the Hawks were actually in their heyday and we're actually winning, winning cups right now. It may be a little bit pissed off, um, but nobody's going to get mad about the, the outcome there. We got a point for crying out loud. I, I'd prefer to get points every game instead of two. Um, and I know it sounds kind of crazy, but we're, we're, we had the long game in mind us, us Hawks fans. So, um, uh, yeah, couldn't say more about it, guys. Uh, um, the, the, the Hawks, uh, they needed something actually good to happen to them, even though they lost the game. Like I said, I'll, I'll say it again. Nobody puts on a show and a ceremony and a tribute like Chicago. Um, and, and I, and I'll leave you guys with this, um, uh, biz, you know, uh, from Barstool and, uh, TNT's broadcast, he went on a uh, Twitter and said, that this was uh, one of the biggest nights in the history of the NHL. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, people can actually exaggerate all they want when they're a fan of the Blackhawks or the fan of the Detroit. But he's actually – he's a Toronto guy. You know, he, his team's the Maple Leafs. And for him to come out and say that was one of the biggest and most memorable nights in the history of the NHL – and I was like, I'm there. I was there. I mean, so it was, it was, it was fantastic. So uh, I'll be talking to her. I'll be talking about it for many weeks to come. Uh, the rest of your life, really. I mean, it's, I yeah. mean, that's awesome. I, I just thought, you know, the NHL has really jacked the schedule a couple times this year where they've missed opportunities to have big games. I thought they did something right. Sunday night game, five o'clock start. East Coast could watch it. West Coast could watch it. It was the last game. To me, everything worked out for that. You know, they really missed the boat on the NBA All-Star Weekend where they just didn't have any games. When there was no NBA games on, I thought they totally messed that up. But I thought having this on a Sunday night at 5 was damn near perfect. I was just – I was so pumped to see everything work out that way. So, uh, Hey, great. Aaron, uh, real quick, uh, real quick, ahead, JT – uh, um, Aaron, I was going to ask you, um, and you may have not actually seen this because it was, uh, again, um, I don't know what they, they, they showed on television, but, uh, um, Chelios did do tributes to Sharp, to Hosa, to Kane, to Seabrook and to Keith, but Taze wasn't there and Taze wasn't really mentioned. And also to Pat Foley went out and say that, you know, 
He's the greatest captain in, in, in the history of the Blackhawks. Talking about Chelios, we have people say that. Not saying there's actually any bad blood between ex-players and, and Taves, uh, but it was just a little odd that he wasn't there. Uh, I didn't know if you actually noticed that or not, and um, everybody else was there. He was the one guy missing. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, well, in, in terms of broadcast, it obviously wasn't mentioned or was, was a thought, but it was a noticeable absence. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, especially when you saw Sharpie up there, you saw Seabrook. Cause I, you know, I, I, not that I, I thought there would be a controversy, but I mean, that's, you know, Seabrook, you know, he, <laughs> uh, a huge part of those cup teams. And what was he there? Uh, 13, 14 year. I don't remember how long he played, yeah. but yeah. he played for a while. He wore that number seven. He showed like if anybody was going to be a no show, I thought maybe him. You know, maybe hey, uh, I kind of you know, I I just thought at some point they kind of put those core guys up in the rafters. Uh, obviously, you know, absent Seabrook, so I could I could see if Seabs may maybe skipped it, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm intrigued, and I definitely I, I'd say lifelong fan of of you know going way back to modern day to whatever that that you know Taser not being there was a little. Uh, just yeah weird i don't know maybe there's nothing to it maybe and yep. i know he's a private guy or i've heard that i, I think uh mm-hmm. i don't even know if he lives in the state i think he's from winnipeg right Winnipeg, uh, yeah so maybe just uh you know who knows who knows or he just kind of likes his peace and quiet he's or maybe he's down the street i don't know maybe he's got his <laughs> own uh, cabin like me and he's kind of just uh he's <laughs> he's in a van down grid. by the river <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. It was, I, I would say, noticeable difference for the or, or a yeah. noticeable absence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. You guys ready to get on to the second segment of the show? We only got two tonight. We because re- we knew we were going to talk. We <laughs> got about five segments, but we knew we were going to really hammer this because we wanted to talk about uh, really uh, about this game and everything about uh, just great conversation. Our second segment though is me and Toast kind of went through, gave our uh, our top eight dynamic duos in the league. We're going to air. We're going to have you jump in here and kind of give your two cents on those two. So right now it is time for toast takes dynamic duos. Toast, you want to uh, get us uh kind of start off here. We, we both made our own separate list. Uh, they, they were pretty close, pretty close to each other. Uh, I think we've been around each other too much, but, uh, but yeah, we just kind of jumped in and said, Hey, what were, what were the guys we thought, you know, real life plus fantasy, uh, what were the top duos we like in the league? Why don't you start us off? We're going to go eight to one. Yeah. And, and why do we do eight? I don't know. It felt like a good number. Everybody does 10. Everybody does 10. We'll do eight. We'll do eight. Yeah. I, I didn't really want to keep it under an hour. And... Toast. We got to right, keep it exactly. under an hour. Yeah. Um, so before we get into this, I will say it's funny. Um, you know, I go through the entire standings, uh, look at all of the teams, write down all the players, the duos, and then narrow it down to an eight. You know, so I probably had like a 14 team list, you know, but there was obvious that, you know, there's five or six of them that, hey, no, slide them. You know, they are great duos, but these eight to me actually stand out and they stand out, you know, you know, uh, fairly easily. And uh, what I will say is too, is if you look at this list, the majority of the great franchises and great teams in the NHL, they have two, man. They have two superstars on their team. And I mean, I don't know how you define superstars, but 
the majority of these teams have two. And that's what we want to get to, these duos. And uh, so coming in at number eight for me, JT, and also coming in at number eight for you. Uh, so, I mean, I was shocked on how close we were. Again, we are spending way too much time together, um, you know, on these. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got Detroit, Alex DeBrinkett, and uh, we have Dylan Larkin. So, uh, um, I mean, really, if, if you look at DeBrinkett, this kid is just what Detroit needed. Think about Larkin. I wouldn't say he's all by himself and the whole Yeiserman plan rebuild, but he is by far and away prior to the Brinket getting here and prior to Kane getting there, the best player on that team, far and away. Um, they, they got a really, really good young player in, in Lucas Raymond. Um, and then they just got some, and they got Mort Sider actually as a defenseman, but they got some pieces around him, right? He is the, he is the, he is the captain for a reason. But once actually you bring a, the Brinket in, and you got Patrick Kane there as well. That DeBrinket Larkin duo for me in Detroit, they're pretty amazing. Um, JT, maybe talk a little bit about why you actually had him number eight, other than the fact that being a Detroit fan. I mean, what do you like about these guys? <laughs> and JT maybe on mute. Or we may have Thank lost you. I you. was on mute. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't I'm happen back. often. Uh, hey. Yeah, sorry. I, I, um I always say, you know, I'm a Red Wings fan. I actually like that they're in different divisions now because now I feel like I don't feel bad rooting for the Blackhawks. You know, yeah. before I kind of like secretly rooted for the Blackhawks because I had so many friends that were Blackhawks fans, but I felt like I was kind of cheating on my team. But now I'm like, hey, we're in different divisions. I can root for both. I can root for four. I can root for the Red Wings when they play the Blackhawks, but I can root for the Blackhawks the rest of the time. So I don't feel so bad about it. I think the bringing coming over has just absolutely changed Larkin. I mean, like you said, Larkin coming in, he was just a ghost by himself out there. I mean, they had no talent around him. Um, I think the fact, I think he deserves a lot of credit that he never tried to force his way out of town. Being a Michigan guy, uh, you know, he he trusted the process. He never was in the back complaining like, man, give me help, give me help. He, he just went out there and played. And you, you saw it. It hurt his stats. You know, he, he, there's a couple of years it was pretty thin, but he didn't have much help. The Brigham just took it to another level. And then adding Patrick Kane this year, it's just like you, the, the, now the Red Wings are moving. I, I, I think it's 10 years since they made the playoffs. This team is starting to go in the right direction. I just think it makes such a big difference. They had to give up a little bit to get him, but I thought it was the right move. He's a Michigan guy too. You know, he wanted to be there. I, I think getting the, these hometown guys always helps out. It, it just feels like the whole culture has changed for Detroit now. Debrinket was the first major step I felt like adding the offense. And then when they signed Patrick Kane, I was like, here we go. I was like, this team is ready to start rolling. Um, I thought they might still be a year away, but man, they got off to a hot start. Dylan Larkin's looking like the guy we always thought he was going to be. He just needed some guys to play with. I, he needed guys around him. Uh, and, and he's having the best season of his career. Best season of his career right now. 53 points at 53 games. The guy, he's the captain. He's running the ship here. I think it's just what they needed. He's that guy over there hammering down power play goals, hitting slap shots, one-timers. It, it's The offense, they 
forever, Eiserman has built up the D. He's been working on D. He's been getting some young guys. He's getting the ciders, you know, getting those guys kind of setting things up. And I think Debrinkit was the move that finally set this team off. And I think this is going to be a duo for years to come. If they can keep these guys together, I think these guys are just going nothing but up. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And I'll, I mean, if, if I, you know, obviously the, the playoffs have to shake out, but I wouldn't want to draw Detroit in the first round. I mean, I, whether they get in the top three in the, uh, the division or they, they, snag a wild card I, again i haven't haven't uh taken a look at what, what their standing is now but i wouldn't want to play these guys in the first round i mean i i would say you know if you, you you're gonna you know look at a at a maybe point of improvement or maybe a deadline maybe look at the goaltending uh I mean, whatever you know you could but yeah i think they got a solid d uh you got those guys but the thing i like best about this and i noticed you know again that <laughs> you guys have already touched on it that so many of your picks are the similar. When I first saw that, I thought, well, it's just the same list. These, <laughs> but I didn't realize you did yep. it independently. But I'll I'll say a common theme, and it starts with these two with list up with the duo number eight. You got a guy that back checks and plays the full, uh, the full game in Larkin. He's super fast. He goes. He's not. He can pass and shoot. But then you got the cat that's a shoot first. He can pass, but he's always looking for the shot. You got Larkin that just, you know, just you, you have to have that. So whether your your you know definition of a duo duo is a you know a, a one center and a two center, and maybe they you know maybe they play some power play time. No, these guys can skate the same line. Uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you split them up, but you got the guy that's a shoot first. You got the guy that plays a hundred feet that doesn't just you know kind of block shots when he's back. I don't know if his name's ever been in the Selkie Award, but he's a great two way player in Larkin. And yeah, just dish it off. And this guy's he's got a stick in the air like uh like Ovi in the in the slot in the you know top of the circle. Yeah, great, great kickoff. And yeah, at at eight, I think that's uh it's a good spot for these these guys, these duo. Uh Toast here. Uh we'll get to I think your number seven. They just missed my top eight. Uh Boston Bruins, Pasternak, Mashan. These guys, I had them just on the outside. I think these guys are absolute elite players. They were just on the outside. I had a younger duo that kind of snuck in over them, but you had them at seven. I had them at nine. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned it right there, JT. It uh, comes down to age of this duo that may have actually kept them out of uh, the majority of people's top eight. Um, but uh, um, my thought was is, David Pasternak has to be included in any top deal regardless because he's a top 10 player in the league. Um, and, and Brad Marchand, as much as I hate the guy and I hate him, believe me, <laughs> I hate the guy. I mean it now it, he's an asshole, but I would say like if he was my asshole, I'd love him. Yeah, um, yeah. but he, uh, he does everything right. I um, mean, he's he's a perfect player for that team. He sets the culture, man. Boston will actually hit you in the mouth. They'll actually play great defense. They got great goaltending. They'll get timely goals as well. And Marshawn is he's all of that. I mean, he to me he is the heart and soul of that team. Um, and uh, but Pasta being twenty seven years old, look at these numbers this year: thirty eight goals, forty seven assists, and eighty five games. I'm sorry, and, and eighty five points in sixty games. Last year, he had 113 points. So that was his breakout last year. He has reached stardom. 
Um, he is a top 10 player. And as long as he got Marshawn, who was a late bloomer in himself, actually, at his side, you know, Pasternak is actually on that right wing. Marshawn's actually on that left wing. It makes no difference who's actually playing at center right now. Those guys play at such an unbelievably high level. Um, so, uh, you know, think about this. Pasternak, 339 career goals and at 27 years old. Guys, uh, I'm just doing the math. Let's say he actually does that for another seven years. He's on the doorstep of 700, the all-time uh, goal. Uh, what is the record? 891 or so. I don't know. Somewhere around yeah, there. He's in the yeah. 890s, yeah. I'm not saying he's yeah. going to get it, but man, what a career. I mean, so you have to include him in your top duo there as long as he's with Marshawn. Aaron, you got anything to talk about? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah no, well, about those guys? You, you bring a good point. I love what you said about Marshawn. Couldn't agree more. Uh, remember when he's licking people in the playoffs? I mean, God, he's just—he's so just nasty, spearing, and he's—he's he's getting suspended. So, but to your point with pasta, you could—you could put a—I a, don't know—a toaster oven on the line, and you're going to get a duo out of that team. So, yeah, I mean, it's not—you know—pasta. He—he he carries the weight of that team of that line of this duo, but, but. I, I love the addition of Marshawn because you just need the dirty, the dirty rat to get in there and, you know, get some of those pigeon goals. Maybe uh, Pasta takes the puck all the way in and there's Marshy waiting for the, you know, the rebound off the leg pad or something he's putting home. But he's he's far more skilled than just kind of that cleanup guy too. So, yeah, yeah, no, I like the pick, like the age. I Unless they move one of those goalies, I, I don't say – I'm going to tell you this too, real quick. Uh, I was the only guy in the whole world that bet against Boston. I had Florida coming out of the first round last year. I didn't have him going to the cup, but I just had Florida winning. I had, you know, Boston set the record last year and all that, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if they, this is, a, you know, who knows? It, just that age thing is, is with Marchie and then, you know, losing Bergevin, that, that kind of stuff. So yeah, we'll see, you know, time will tell. I watched they win the cup and whatever, but uh <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I, I would say the the age is the only thing they really got against it in, in terms of the duo with Marshawn. But Pasta doesn't matter. Pasta and X player, and and you got a duo. Yeah, and, and Aaron, uh, uh, I I we'll move on to number six here soon. But you mentioned uh, you know that goalie tandem, um, and I know we're not really talking about the goalie tandems right now. We're talking about duos, but nevertheless, you know, with Swayman actually being a future of that franchise and actually having mm-hmm. Olmark there being a Benzino winner award last year. He does feel like a guy that could be moved, talking about Olmark, at the deadline here. we got a deadline coming up here a week from tonight, or a week from today anyway, or I think around 2, 3 p.m. Uh, Central. And um, I think they could make a move here. Well, I, I mean, we'll have to stay tuned anyway. Yeah, and if you're going to do it, you got to throw him on the other side because you don't want to face him in the playoffs, obviously. So you got to think of that yeah. too, like, well, if you know, there's you know, you say you throw them to New Jersey that that is on the on the bubble, or uh, who knows, maybe they're going to miss the playoffs. But you throw a goalie, a Vesna winner goalie, you might be, or he comes into town, he's all pumped up to beat you. You don't yep. want to do that. You got to throw him in the West Con- Western Conference if you're going to deal him and if you can find somebody to do it. But you don't want to face him in the final either. I don't know. I don't know. But they got to do something. Got to do something. Otherwise, there, I think they're another first or possibly second round exit yep we're gonna skip my uh my seventh right now because we'll get back to it because my seventh was somebody else you had earlier we're gonna go to six here because again this is a sixth that me and toast both had the same 
Vancouver Canucks, Elias Pettersson, JT Miller. This was both number six on our list. Vancouver's finally getting together. They're finally doing what everybody thought they would do. And these are the two guys kind of, you know, they're the cabooses that are kind of leading the train here with it, with this team. Uh, so tell me why you like these guys at number six. Um, mainly because um, uh, really everybody thinks about Elias Pettersson as being the star of that team. And what I would actually argue is that JT Miller um, is the one that ends up being overlooked and mainly because of his age. He's 30 years old. But if you look at his stats this year, 81 points in 61 games this year, um, he was a late bloomer. Just kind of like Marshawn was. Uh, Marshawn was a late bloomer. JT Miller's actually no difference at all. The guy hits. Um, he's a bangers like dream is what he is. And I think I've said that moniker here before uh, on, on the podcast, but it, it's true. Uh, JT Miller, I believe, is either top two or three in points in our home league, and we have a bangers league. Um, so um, Pedersen being 25 years old um, and really, geez, I mean, 75 points this year in 61 games. He had 102 points last year in 80 games. Um, this I, I think that Vancouver, given that they have a young talent around them like Hughes, and they actually have Brock Besser. They actually traded for Lindholm. He was actually only 25 years old. Um, they, they're they looking pretty damn good, man, to actually not only compete now, but actually compete for many years to come. And JT Miller and Pedersen are a big part of that. Uh, one thing I like about JT Miller, too, he's tri-eligible. Um, so uh, in a lot of formats that actually uh, – in fun, fantasy formats that actually uh, covet uh, positions, he can actually play all three. I mean, so, uh, I mean, those those are just a diamond in the rough. But, um, um, Aaron, I don't know if you have really watched a whole lot of Vancouver games. Uh, can actually add any insight regarding JT Miller or Pedersen. But uh, um, this is definitely a, a arguably a top – they're definitely a top 10 duo. They could be a top five duo. Of all the list, of everybody on the list, this was probably my favorite. I know they're kind of middle of the pack on, on where you guys ended. But this this really – this duo jumped off the page uh, for me because um, JT Miller, and, and you said it perfectly, late bloomer. We didn't see this JT Miller when he played in New York. We didn't see this until really, yeah, I, I would argue, when, when uh, uh, Tockett came aboard. You know, Rick Tockett. So – yeah. Uh, and I love Hawk. I, I I remember watching him when he was on Pittsburgh, and then he was Philly, and he was just this, you know, the classic power forward, the bangers league, you know, the uh, you go out there and hit, and you know, Gordy Howe hat trick type of guy. That's what JT Miller's turned into, and he's nasty. So yeah, I I uh, they had that hot start. Pedersen's been doing what Pedersen uh, is capable of. I mean, you, you could probably yell you know, last year, hey, I had an awesome year, but. Uh, so yeah, and and those it's nice because they play those West Coast games. So yeah. um, typically that's usually where you know Edmonton, Vancouver, those types of games. Uh, there's nobody else playing, so I'll, I'll catch quite a few of them. But yeah, uh, Miller, um, I think you know some of the stuff that was you know that that kind of one of his critiques was oh you know all his points come on the power play. Not this year. The majority of those points are five on five. So of those eighty some points, I think you rattled off. He it, it's a full line whether he's skating with this guy or not so i love these two love these two um pains me to say it somewhat not really but i, I remember back in the hawks on their run 
they'd always have to go through Vancouver. And then the year yes. uh, Vancouver bumped them, and, and then they end up, ended up going seven uh, with, the Bruins, with the Bruins yeah. won their cup. Um, I just remember BX had just chirping and oh that guy oh I hated him so much so it it and the Sedines out there flying around so I at, at one point I was a big Vancouver hater now I'm 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 again you know maybe maybe it's age too you know the <laughs> the uh, the rivalries kind of died down it's just a fun team to watch them snap it around they they talks really got them playing well and these two guys lead the pack a great duo and and like I said my favorite on your list. Not, awesome. not I'm saying that they're number one, but I just like that. That it's like looking forward to talking about these two. They're they're great to watch and they play well together. Nice. We'll move on to number five on Toast List. These guys were number seven on my list. Different duo, but the Florida Panthers. So I had Kachuk and Barkov. Toast had Barkov and Reinhardt. Kind of in there. We're both in. I had him at number seven. He had him at number five. Kachuk's one of my favorite guys. I just, I think he, he's just turned it up. He's, he's finally the guy we thought he was going to be. You know, he's, he's reached that superstar status. He's, he's really transformed the Panthers. You know, they're already a really good team. Got him there from Calgary. And man, it's like he's just taken off. Now he's got all this talent around him. Uh, another guy that's a really great guy in a bangers league, you know, does a little bit of everything. Got out to a slow start this season, fantasy wise. I don't know if it was the long run. I mean, he wasn't used to running, going long distance in Calgary in the playoffs, but he 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 turned it on here of late. I I still think the Panthers are dangerous. I mean, Barkov, what can you say about him? I mean, the guy's just a professional. The guy can score 55 points, 53 games. I mean, the guy's just been phenomenal, you know, the last five, six, seven years. Uh, Reinhardt Toast. Let's talk, you talk a little about Reinhardt because we brought him up a ton of times on this podcast. <laughs> Every time we think he's going to, like, come back to earth, we're like, never mind. He's just going to keep crushing it, and he just keeps crushing it. He does. Uh, we joked uh, that this is maybe the Sam Reinhardt podcast. I mean, because we pretty much brought up Reinhardt almost we every sell, single. Him, sell him, keep him, trade for him. We've 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 said everything on this podcast about yeah. him at this point in the season. <laughs> yeah. So I I want to say that about a month ago, I said, well, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna be sustainable. You know, he's shooting twenty four percent for the season and. 25%. And I mean, he can't keep that up. I mean, I mean, it's Sam Reinhardt. He's always been a nice player. I mean, he started off his career, you know, uh, with Buffalo, I believe. And uh, I mean, he was, again, he was a nice complimentary player. He'd score you maybe 20, 25 goals a season. But now guess what? A month later, he's still shooting 25% for the season. He's sustained. Um, and mainly, uh, if you if you look at this Florida team, there's so many duos you could go with. Um, and, and really, Reinhardt, Kachuk, and Barkov, not all of them actually play on the same line, and but they're actually on the same power play. But then you got to throw in a young guy like Verhage as well. That's really their top four that makes them go. Um, and uh, but Reinhardt is kind of uh, slid into that number three slot behind behind Barkov and Kachuk. And you were right, JT, when you said uh, Kachuk, he's reached superstardom level. Um, and if you look at his last thirty games, man, 
he is on fire after that slow start. And I think it was slow. I think it was a, you know, tired legs. And it was a long playoff run last year. And a lot of those guys actually weren't used to that. And especially Kachuk, actually, I think he, did he rupture his spleen or break his sternum? I can't remember which one it was back in the playoffs last year, but you had to think that actually had part of the slow start coming back in this season. But man, he has been a ball of fire of late. I love Florida. It was hard for me not to include some type of duo for Florida. And however you want to put it, whether it be Reinhardt, Kachuk, or Barkov, Reinhardt, or you know the, uh, any way you want to put it, you, you can't argue. Um, you have to have some type of duo from Florida. Yeah, yeah, agree. Well said. Yeah, you're right. It was a yeah, fractured sternum for among, amongst the the, uh, <laughs> the endless list of injuries for Kachuk. I, I know it's kind of turned into legend at this point, but you know, there were there were reports or, or talking about how Brady was helping him put a shirt on his brother. Um, <laughs> you know, like, hey, he couldn't get down the stairs at home. You know, we had to we had to wheel him up here. And the dude still suited up and he played, you know, the game that, that uh, they ultimately lost when uh, when Vegas beat him. But um, I would say this. I'll, 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 I, I like and here's another thing. Another another great kind of shows how much you guys are in sync. But. You both had Barkov, and then you you know you went with one of the different wingers. Barkov arguably could be the best passer in the NHL. The dude finds tape. He just it doesn't matter if he's already if somebody's gapping up on him. Doesn't matter if there's two guys back. He finds a way to get that puck in. He's just he's that pass first guy. So again, he does his role in this duo. So you can you can kind of rotate. You could have Reinhardt there. You could have. Uh, Kachuk there. I mean, obviously, those are your your superstar level guys, but more so Kachuk, I would say, you know, just in terms of name. But Reinhardt's getting right there. But you could throw Sam Bennett, that little shitter. You know, he's out. He could be out there. <laughs> yeah. He can catch a pass. And I'll say this. I'll say this about a good passer. There is no more pressure. Now, now again, this is a this is a, an adult league bender saying this, but there's no more no greater pressure pressure than somebody just putting that perfect pass on your tape, and then. You either chuck it into the into the boards, or it bounces off your stick, or you miss the net by three feet. There, the pressure's all on the guy shooting. Like the passer's like, "Hey, I did my part. I'm out of here. I'm gonna go, you know, back check now." So for these guys like Reinhardt to shoot that percentage and and get hooked up with those passes, hats off to him. He might he might edge out in, in terms of duo. Now I'd rather have a Kachuk, obviously, but. In terms of a duo, I, I probably tip my cap to Reinhardt for that reason. He's he's catching those passes, not letting the pressure get to him. But hey, Barky just set me up on another beauty, and then he's hitting them. He's hitting them, so he's doing his part. Good for him. He's, he's yeah, like you said, he slow start, high draft pick in Buffalo, finds his speed in Florida, and then Paul Maurice, Paul Maurice, the uh, the coach down. I just he does the best in in game interviews, post game interviews, just a. Uh, great guy or you know seems to be and 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 has him has him really buzzing and again florida yeah i hope they do it again i hope they take another long run we'll see so the last difference in our group i this is my number five group now they maybe are not statistically up there with some of those other teams but i feel like they're risers I think I feel like they're re- they're young and they're coming. These are guys I think were just outside of Toast uh, top eight. Uh, I had them at number five, which is maybe slightly high. Uh, but I had Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson, Dallas Stars, 
I love the stars. I just think this team has got all the pieces. Uh, me and Toast talked about earlier in the year. They were our pick to win the cup. Um, both of us really like this team. Like I said, these guys maybe aren't statistically putting up the numbers of some of these other guys, but they're a young group. Robertson, 24. Hence, 27. I, these guys are the top guys on Dallas, a team that has, you know, just talent across the board. And I just, man, hands 6'3", 215 center. A big guy can play both ways. You know, Robertson's, you know, broke out last year with a big season. I think he's just going to get better and better. You know, 109 points, 82 games. I, I just like these guys a lot. Like I said, I'm probably a little high on them, to be honest. But I just feel like this is one of maybe the next really good up-and-coming duo that is outside of me and Toast top four, which I think our top four are dynamic guys. I mean, absolutely dynamic. I think they're just on the outside of that right now. Uh, JT, um, I like your pick at number five here um, because if you think about Robertson hence Pavelski, Pavelski being 39 years old, I think, um, these two guys are the mainstay in Dallas. This is the future of Dallas. Um, and man, Last year, now they haven't quite done it this year, but man, Dallas is such a good team. And I think that we, you and I both picked Dallas to actually go not only far, but actually our cut favorites for this year to actually win it all. And we'll see if that ends up happening, but nevertheless, they're going to be in that, uh, that, that conversation. But these guys really haven't got going the way we actually think they could. And think about this. Um, we have they haven't really got going but yet both of them are point per game players so that just tells you how great they are um and man um hence being 27 uh and also robertson being 24 years four years old these guys are going to be around for a long time in dallas uh it's going to be pretty exciting so I, I i like this pick at number five um especially if you're actually let's say this was dynasty <laughs> top yeah, eight yeah. duos i mean heck they may even be a little bit higher than number five for sure yeah 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 i agree love the pick love the age young guys and i think you guys said it all in in dallas always draws a great crowd they got a good supportive uh arena um I'm trying to think they had a it was, I can't remember who it was. I, I, gosh, I want to say it was Pavelski just because of his age, but somebody hit a milestone uh, there that maybe didn't start their career there, but just, you know, brought all the, you know, no stops were made. It was just, it was a really, really just classy reaction to whatever the milestone was. I mean, it would be better if I could remember what it was, but, uh, you know, good, good town. And, and, you know, don't, they may not have that superstar that really, you know, like, uh, um, you know, going going back to the pasta uh, comparison, you know, like mm -hmm. you, pasta and anybody, but they may not have that name quality. But I think these two guys you picked on this team, they could be those guys. They they really could, especially Robertson. I mean, he he was just missing the net a little bit last year, you know, and then he then he, when he found the net, now we can see what he do, so or what he can, what he's capable of, and uh, yeah, I, it's it's ironic, you know. And again, this was not set up. I have them going to the Cup in the West. I can't remember my East pick, but. One of those, like before the season starts, you know, you just put, you know, fifty bucks on on who you think will be the cup final. But yes. they were they were coming out of the West for me, so uh, now now we've just completely jinxed them. So I'm sure they'll they'll be a first round <laughs> exit, but we'll see. I like it. I like the pick. 
Uh, so it's time to get into our top four. We were lopsack here. We were in sync. We had the exact same top four <laughs> right in a row, all together. Uh, Starting off with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Ray Point, Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov is, I feel terrible in the home league. He he had a fantastic season for me, and I wasted it away with injuries and didn't and was unable to. I just missed the playoffs. I started catching fire the last three weeks right before the playoffs and just missed. I finally put up my like top three scores of the season the final three weeks when everybody got healthy. Uh, now I'm fighting for that number one pick. But these guys, I mean, Tampa Bay starting to turn around. Kucherov, first guy to 100 points in the league this year. He's been just absolutely phenomenal and then point has just been one of those guys that playing with kudrov just makes other guys better he just makes everybody better uh this these two guys are going to keep tampa bay in any series uh when the playoff gets here because these guys are just phenomenal uh yeah phenomenal enough where i actually traded for Braden point in our home league um um in, in a trade this year and uh did i actually get him from you aaron yeah, 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 and uh, I mean, so uh, he's uh, probably uh, maybe a second or third on equivalent in our home league, um, and I'll probably have to strongly consider actually keeping him because he's that darn yeah. good, um, and and he's tied to Kucherov as well. Um, Kucherov, 103 points so far in 60 games this season. Um, so I, I think it's it's a McKinnon, it's a Kucherov, it's Matthews, those three, and then you got uh, McDavid trailing maybe in a fourth there for the uh, the Hart Trophy this year. Um, Kucherov is arguably having his best season of his career. And that's saying something considering I think he had like 128 points about four or five years ago. Um, but man, this duo here, um, and Tampa Bay, they're the future of that franchise. They, they actually have them both locked up for some time. Um, and really I, I have been hammering Kucherov in the assist category, uh, for prop bets and actually parlay it. Maybe let's say with, uh, with McDavid assist and also with a McKinnon assist, it's almost every single night they play and they actually have a decent matchup in their the home team. It's a can't miss. I mean, you're, you're going to actually get Kucherov at, let's say minus 230, 235 for an assist. But if you compare it again with a McDavid assist, you can get it like at minus 110. And I mean, think about it. Minus 110 for both those guys actually playing at home in the same night to get an assist. It's just like free money. And uh, so lately it's actually been that way. But uh, I love these guys. I believe these four duos coming now from 4-3-2-1, they're in a league of their own. Um, th this is, uh, it was no uh, uh, surprise, JT, that, you and I had four, three, two, and one all the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kucherov, he's been phenomenal forever, right? Uh, but the goals, he's going to set a record for goals this year for him. I think his high, previous high is 41. He's already got 38. Like, yeah. I think that's been the difference maker, too. We, we know he can dish the puck. He's always been able to do that, but he's putting the ball, uh, the puck on the net, uh, quite a bit more this year. I think that's taking him up a notch. And and then and then point, man. I mean, point is he's been a scorer. He, he's the guy that lights the lamp. He always has his whole career. And and you know, hockey players. We talk about it in other sports. Get those late twenties. Eh, those guys are just coming in their prime here. Twenty-seven year old point with thirty-year-old Kucherov. I mean. I I want as many shares of either one of these guys or both of them. I, if I can pair them together, if I can in any fantasy league. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys said it all. I mean, Kucherov, record-setting year. 
makes it look easy. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say put him at number one for the heart as it stands right now. Who knows? You know, somebody could catch fire, go on a heater, whatever. You know, Austin Matthews scores 75, 80 goals. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, it may, may be bad time. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Love watching him. Braden Point. I can't remember what year it was where he got hurt, but, but if, uh, you know, he's, he's healthy, who knows? Maybe they would have got another cup. I don't know. You know, yeah, but. Yeah, and, and to have them locked down, to have them – again, you look at these teams in, in this hard cap league, they got two of these guys that would be, two. you know, a, a top 15, you know, two of the players in the top 15 of all the NHL players. You got two of them sitting there. So, yeah, good pick. Love it. Moving on to number three for us, Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon, Nico Renton. Uh, McKinnon's just been on fire. I was uh, – man, that guy, oh. He can hit a one-timer like no one else, man. Just yeah. it's just beautiful when you watch that guy set up on the on the left side there and just hammer one towards the goal. Man, there was a uh, it was only a couple weeks ago he had a he had a hat trick, and it was just like butter. They just pats slide right over to him. He's just slamming it home. It was it's so nice. Uh, Colorado's always going to be in the mix with these two guys because they can score points. Uh, I mean McKinnon. He's been right there, best player in the league for for a lot of years. He, I think he's right there with McDavid, and, and you know, Ren is one of those guys. He's like a he's like a dry saddle. He's right there. Yes, those yes. guys are so good, man. Well, uh, uh, what a duo these guys are. Yeah, uh, uh, you, you mentioned Ranton and kind of being a, the equivalent of a dry saddle. This is the Batman to the Robin, um, and that's not taking anything from Ranton, but McKinnon is a top, in my opinion top two player in the league he's right behind mcdavid um and uh, mainly you have that center that actually drives play um and he gets a ton of assists uh, he only has like 25 goals this year but put it this way um just like uh, mcdavid did last year he made it a, a concerted effort to come in and uh, score goals last year and what he do he put up 64 if mckinnon actually wanted to go ahead and concentrate on actually goals and say i'm going to come in here i'm going to score over 50 goals he could do it there's there's no doubt about it he's unbelievably fast uh his last seven seasons think about this guys the last seven seasons for mckinnon 97 99 93 65 in the COVID year 88 111 and 98 I mean, so I mean, those are points. I, you know, he's, he's he'll go down and he'll be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's actually already won a cup, but um, he'll go down as one of the top 15 players we've actually seen in the 2000s beyond. I mean, he, he's that darn good. So, uh, um, and, and I say, I don't want to say Ranton actually just kind of rides his coattails. But again, it's kind of like that dry sidle thing. He's a really, really, really good player. And I would say maybe he's a great player, but you always kind of wonder what would they actually do without that stud actually being next to him, you know? So, uh, uh, but Ranton isn't actually no slouch himself. 92 points and 105 points the last two seasons. He's only 27 years old as well. So this duo here, man, Colorado set, especially you could also throw in McCarr, uh, being as uh, McCarr could have actually been your duo as well. Um, that they're going to be in the top three, I would actually say, of all duos for many years to come. Yeah, yeah, and, and to your point on on McKinnon, I mean, he's just fun to watch. Like I know, you know, I, I know uh, Toast. You were just recently at the game, and some of the I uh, uh, just went to the first. Uh, it's been a while, been a bit of a drought for me, but. 
uh, uh, saw the Hawks and Caps uh, earlier this year, and I love how they have the you know the miles per hour. I don't know if they're microchipping the uh, the the sweaters or whatever, but however they're getting that that stat, I love seeing it because then you see the speed burst and that kind of thing. But just watching the Colorado game, their separation when McKinnon's out there, both offense and defense. So again, the prototypical two-way player. When he gets the puck, he looks like he's going a million miles an hour. He is going a million miles an hour. And then you got uh, Rantanen, who's got a bigger build, just a bigger, you know, frame out there. Um, but he, he moves fast. But, yeah, this these guys are just dynamic. And, and the only reason, the only reason McKinnon does not have a heart trophy yet is he's just a victim of McDavid. You know, you're, you're there yeah. with, with – with, <laughs> The Jordan you know, rules. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, perfect. Perfect analogy. Yeah. Sorry. You're, you know, you're here with, with when McJesus was, was, you know, in his prime and mm-hmm. he's just, I, 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 I like the, the argument too. Or so, well, we need to do the heart trophy and then like, uh, you know, come up with a second line who's runner up and then <laughs> have that on the same standing as the heart. Cause this guy's going to walk away. Not so much this year. The only thing that can dethrone Kucherov, I think would be maybe if, you know, I, I heard it either heard it on a pod or, or read it somewhere where, you know, maybe a uh, sympathy vote because he hasn't got one. Kucherov has has had one, yeah. so you know, maybe maybe a a, a political thing would would uh, not cooch off. But it, it, hey, if it's gonna go to McKinnon, fine. You know, six and one half a dozen the other guys at stud and love them both. Yep. Number two on our list: Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, toast. We've been hammering we have matthews over goal <laughs> mitch marner over assist every every Just time bam 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 every freaking <laughs> night we've been hammering that double up bet two pick parlay they've just been on freaking fire austin matthews this year we talked about it on the pod a couple weeks ago about ov alex ovechkin going for the all-time goals Beating Gretzky, how far away could he do it? And we said, is there anyone you think that maybe outside of Ovi could get there? And then the guy both of us thought of was maybe Austin Matthews. If he keeps it going, and man, we had that pod, and he just started getting hat trick after hat trick. He just started lighting it up left and right. The guy, I mean, he he is like we just talked about Patrick Kane, best American born player. Matthews is trying to get his name in there as well. The guy is just a goal scoring machine. It's like if he played basketball, you'd be like, this is the guy that's going to put up 35 every night, 30, 35 every night. No questions asked. You just know he's going to give it to you. This guy is just lights out. And then Marner is just such a great mix with him. The way he passes, the way he runs, setting him up. I, this is just a great duo. I, again, everyone wants these guys on their team. If you can get them, but man, Matthews is just on a tear this year. I, I mean, how high can he go? Really, guys? I mean, how many goals do you think he can get this year? Yeah, I, I think he uh, will definitely hit over 70, and that'll actually join eight other players in the history of the NHL has actually went over 70 goals. Um, and I, I think he'll do it. Um, there's no doubt about it. He's at 52 right now, um, and he's got, what do we have, 20 games left, roughly? So that has to get him 18 goals in 20 games. I know that sounds like a lot, but he's going to score multi-goal uh, games. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's he's going to do it. He's probably going to do it. Um, and uh, I, I think in the end, 
Um, he could, you talk about Chelios, you actually talk about Kane. If he continues this streak, and again, comes down to, um, you know, really health, um, he could go down as the greatest American born player of all time by the time he's actually done. Um, and, um, think about this guys, uh, really want to ask both of you and, uh, and, and Aaron, um, maybe, maybe chime in on this right now if you could but matthews you see uh you, you see like great goal scorers like dry and pasta they kind of hang out on the wings and they're really really actually getting those one-time goals and you see the brink could actually do we've seen kane actually feed him those cross passes and actually him be on that left side without right-handed shot matthews seems to kind of get goals everywhere he can actually do the one time. He can actually get the dirty goals in the middle because he's he's got a fairly big frame to him. He seems to be able to just do whatever he wants to do, and he can score goals in many different ways. Uh, I don't know if you guys have actually noticed that or not. Yeah, yeah, without question. Probably the best pure shooter in the NHL, McDavid included. Um, I mean, this has been uh, – uh, it, it's not a unique position to say that. It's not a I, – I think, you know, going back to your point on, on all-time goal score – uh, best American player, I think, you know, no offense to Kane, no offense to Ovi, but I think they're just placeholders. This guy, if he's healthy, it's nothing that says he can't pump out 70 a year and he's going to, ha- you know, so he'll he'll yeah. he'll be the, the permanent placeholder for both of those, you know, all-time goal scorer, all-time best American-born player. Um, but how he does it, and, and, and that's it. Yeah, he can score from the blue line. He can score from the paint. He can score from... Uh, behind the net, he can bank it off the goalie's butt. He can do it all. His best thing, and and you see this again, it's broken down on YouTube all over. Bedard's called it out because he's modeled his shot after it, but it's the angle change that he does. It's a little toe drag. You take the kind of curl your stick on the on the puck. You bring it over real fast. Well, the goalie's he's squared up to where that puck was, and then he can shoot it full full like full power from that new position there's there's not many guys that can do that it's just you're, yeah. you you can do it you can't you're either born with it or you can't i think bedard's got an interesting story about how he broke a wrist and oh he's got a soft spot in my heart for the righties love the righty shot you know ov matthews or oh, i don't even know but it, bedard righty shot so yes. love that and and yeah he just he just changes that angle that's how you score anywhere you can shoot it as hard with a full windup as you can with, with for most, what most professional athletes or most NHL players have at half speed, he does it full speed. And that's how, that's how he's the purest goal scorer of the NHL now. And it's, it's so fun to be, have all these guys in the same league at the same time to watch them all. It's great. And Marner condition, you know, back to the point on Barkov, Marner's, you know, if, if there was a competition between him and Barkov, I couldn't, couldn't tell you who's the best passer. Yes. Uh, if Marner just gets, just finds him, you know, and then he scores too. And then, oh, this is a pass first guy. You know, the goalie kind of cheats to one side, think he's going to pass, and then he shelves him, you know. So Marner, yeah, yeah, great, great duo there. JT? I'm on pause again. Man, I, I, I'm twice in one show. 
brutal. Well, uh, hey, I, that's okay. I, I've been you, a podcast uh, the last two days. That's the you're problem. gonna screw I, around. I, I, we're I'm gonna fire your ass. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, these guys are so young, man. And that's the thing is they're just yeah. still so young. Guys are still coming into their prime in the league. Uh, I mean, just think if, if these guys could somehow bring a cup to Toronto. I oh, mean, just man. thinking they could do that. I mean, there'd be Bieber fever. Be, it would be <laughs> insane. I mean, it would be insane if these guys could figure out how to get a t- uh, cup in yeah. Toronto. I mean, just fantastic. Uh, just an unreal duo. And then we're going to, I think everybody's number one here to, to close out the show. Edmonton Oilers. Donovan Gay, Leah Dreisaitl. I mean, the, the guys, I mean, if, I mean, top duo, they might be one and two in the league, top players. I mean, they're right there. Uh, slow start to the season, but these guys are starting cranking up. And like you said, man, if McDavid's not there, is Dreisaitl the man? If, if you know, if McDavid's not there and Dreisaitl's not there, are all these other guys, you know, the number one guy? It's just like everyone's just slightly behind those two guys. And if they could ever figure out, get everybody around him in Edmonton, get the goalie, get the defense, get everything going. But these guys are, I mean, they are pure offense. And they're just great to watch. Me and Toast watch a ton of West Coast hockey late night. Man, we love when we see that Edmonton 9-9-30 game. All right, jump on. Let's let's lock in. Let's watch and, and see what they got tonight. Uh, these guys are both just awesome. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I know we'll wrap up the show soon, and uh, and we could go on and on about McDavid and Drysaddle, but the, the, their their pedigree speaks for themselves. The only thing they haven't accomplished is winning the cup, um, and that really comes down to a lot of their defense um, and a lot of their lack of goaltending. And I believe uh, um, eventually they will win one, um, but it's interesting because Drysaddle will be a uh, a UFA um, after next season. You know, he makes eight and a half million dollars. Um, he's going to actually get paid. Um, Edmonton's usually up against the cap, but I would imagine they're going to do everything they can to actually keep him. Um, but let's just, uh, all I want to say is this. If you look at McDavid, um, he's had nine seasons and he's going to be over the hundred point mark again this year. Um, and he's that's going to do it for the seventh time in nine years. The only other years he didn't do it, was in 2019-2020, where he put up 97 points in 64 games in his rookie year. In his rookie year, he was actually the uh, the Calder winner, and he was hurt the majority of the season, and he put up 48 points in 45 games. If it wasn't for a shortened COVID year and also a injured rookie season, he would have put up a 100-point mark for every single season in his career, and if you think about it in an age where basically goalie pads are bigger, nets are actually smaller, it's definitely a different game. Um, that's remarkable. Um, he will probably go down, and guys, we've actually, in our lifetime, think about it. We're all about the same age. I'm 47. Uh, Tom Tetch, you're 47. Uh, JT, you're probably 45, 46. Nevertheless, he will go down right now. Maybe not as the best player we've actually ever seen in our lifetime, but the most talented player we've ever seen. Um, so um, he's a Hall of Famer right now. He'll end up being a thousand points uh, next season in his career. Um, all he's got to do is win cups. If he ends up winning cups, he may go down as the best player who ever lived. Um, I mean, that's how damn good he is. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, what can you say that hasn't been said already, either what you guys just said or, or what's what's been others have echoed. The dude is just he's he's a pleasure to watch. It's fun to watch. You talk about separation. You talk about, you know, a man among boys. He just gosh, you know, the only thing I can again, you know, just kind of comparing my my bender league, but you'll get a guy that maybe played some college or uh, usually in the summertime, maybe the the ISU team or the uh, U of I hockey team, which they're just, you know, they're club teams. Every now and then somebody that wants some ice time, they'll come out and skate. It's the only thing I can compare it to. Like somebody that can really play the game comes out there and plays with a bunch of 40-year-olds, just, just zips around yeah. and does what he wants to do. This guy does it at the pro level, and he's been doing it since he stepped out onto the ice. He's been doing it since the first time he heard the anthem couple of, you know, that injury is the only thing that's keeping him from 100 points in every single season. Uh, what can you say? And I used to, I used to underscore or, or undervalue Dreisaitl. I think he's really I, – I think you put him on a team or say you throw him down in, in, I don't know, Arizona. I think that guy has really added a two-way game to his repertoire. He's not just a shoot-first guy. He's a pass guy. He's power play guy. Um, and, and again, you got him, you got him now, but you, you bring up a good point. What are you going to pay him? You know, he, I don't know what's McDavid, 12 and a half million. Yeah, you're going to yep. give him 14 million when he, you know, I guess if Toronto can sign, like they got their three <laughs> now, they all have paper. Like they got Nylander. They just, they signed him. How do they, they do that? Garner, they got, <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's possible now. You know, I, I, and I can't remember. I, I think it's already out there. Like what they speculate the, the, uh, um, uh, what the cap will go up to next year, but um, yeah, I, I fingers crossed. But the best thing I think I think I could say or echo is the cups. Yeah, I, I would just love to see Edmonton win one. It yeah. Ever since the guy came in the league, I've I've yeah, it's given me a reason to watch those late games. I watch almost every single one of them. Like I, I feel like I've yeah. I mean, it's just fun. It's it's a great duel. Clear number one. I saw the topic. Uh, it's, it's a no-brainer. These two, number one duo by far. Well, that's going to get us to the end of the show here. Uh, we went a little long on this one, but I think it was worthwhile. You know, we had to talk about everything that was going in. We're going to do our little, our final face-off here. Uh, Toast, give me your last words for the show tonight. Uh, went to the game, fantastic game, duo, finish it up for us here yeah why don't i finish it up the fact that jt you and i tonight are gambling winners because rangers win four to one which that was a no-brainer they were actually coming off a loss at columbus a couple days ago they host columbus tonight they beat them four to one um then we actually had the other three legs in the bet was edmonton oilers on the money line, it takes overtime to beat the Blues, but they ended up getting it done with a Connor McDavid winner in overtime. And mm. also, too, um, they score two and a half goals or more. That was the alternate go over goals. Three and a half was actually what everybody wanted to take. I, I tease it back down to two and a half, and McDavid gets his assist. That was plus 145. I think I end up weighing 50 to win probably 120 or somewhere around there. Nevertheless, we're all winners. So hopefully you end up putting a million on it, JT, and uh, we're going to go to bed pretty happy tonight. I wish I did. I uh, If you don't, haven't checked it out, 
Our new affiliate is Total Apex Sports. We're on there. Go check out Total Apex Sports Bets. TotalApexSportsBets.com. Me and Toast yep. jump on there. We collab here from the show, The Stew with JT Brew. We put out some of our family uh, favorite uh, bets every day. Uh, Every once in a while, we miss a day if we get crazy busy, but most of the time we get our bets out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure we hit almost every one I put on the, the best today because we hit that bet. That was our favorite bet of the day. as our parlay of the day. I also had a two-teamer for everybody. Uh, uh, Rangers assists. Who did I tell you? Um, oh, Panarin. Panarin. I had Panarin over a half assist, and I had Hyman over half a goal, over a goal, anytime goal. Yes, that hit tonight as well. So that was another one that hit on our list. So look on there. If you're on X, check it out. We put our toast takes and our JT parlay play of the day on there all the time. So you can follow us there. Check out Aaron. Give us your final thoughts. Thank you for coming on, man. It was great having you on the show. We appreciate it. And good luck in the homely playoffs. Give us your final thoughts. Hey, yeah. Well, thanks a lot for having me. It was a great time. Great catching up with you guys. Congrats on the wins. I was late to that, but next time I will not be. I guarantee you that. Yeah, we're sure we're going to have that. a little powwow next time. And, and yeah, yeah, we, we, I got to get in on that action because it was a pretty sweet night. So thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, you, you guys didn't talk any of the uh, the strategies. So, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll have to keep tuning in to see to, to, to get some of that intel off you. But uh, But thanks again. It was fun. Yeah, it was great having you. Yeah, we'll keep you on the hook, you know, keep you listening. So that uh, that's the plan. So thanks to everybody for joining us here tonight. Uh, you can check out the show on YouTube. You can always search the Stew with JT Brew, also podcasts that wherever you down on Spotify. Uh, we put those out uh, pretty close to immediately after the show, so they're always available the next day. We're usually here Wednesday night, somewhere between eight and nine, depending on how the schedule kind of works out. So make sure to check us out. I'm at JT Orange. You can find me on uh, Twitter, the X, at Toast Clark for him. Hitch, we got to get your numbers up there. I saw you on uh, – he, he's a new guy to the old uh, Twitter page, <laughs> at Titch4141. We'll get him on there with his good insights so we can start going. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out TotalApexSportsBets.com for our info. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks for being in the studio tonight. We'll check you guys later. See you guys.